Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, Our Life and Soul, right here in the Haven, which is in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just near the English Channel. <clears throat> yes, reading Srila Prabhupada's books out loud to you all is my life and soul become my life, uh, my connection with Srila Prabhupada and pure devotional service to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his sincere followers. Um, so thank you all for attending and for being there. And Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatan Goswami explains why we're doing what we're doing. The glories of Srimad Bhagavatam. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures singular fruit of all the Vedas rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths. You are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvandodita Aditya Sri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate <coughs> Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every, your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna. Himself. Madekabando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana Manistadagamad Bhagya Mad Anandana Mostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu Saduta Dayin O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Okay, so we've reached the 25th chapter of the third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, The Glories of Devotional Service. Uh, Kapila Dev has begun his teachings to Devahuti and to the rest of the universe. And we're beginning with text 33. Bhakti, devotional service, dissolves the subtle body of the living entity without separate endeavor. Bhakti, devotional service, dissolves the subtle body of the living entity without separate effort. Just as fire in the stomach <clears throat> digests all that we eat. Purport. Bhakti is in a far higher position than mukti because a person's endeavor to get liberation from the material engagement is automatically served in devotional service. The example he is given here that the fire in the stomach 
can digest whatever we eat. If the digestive power is sufficient, then whatever we, we can eat will be digested by the fire in the stomach. Similarly, a devotee does not have to try separately to attain liberation. That very service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the process of His liberation because to engage oneself in the service of your Lord is to liberate oneself from material entanglement. Sri Bilba Mangal Thakur explained this position very nicely. He said, If I have unflinching devotion unto the lotus feet of the Supreme Lord, then mukti, or liberation, serves me as my maidservant. Mukti, the maidservant, is always ready to do whatever I ask. For a devotee, liberation is no problem at all. Liberation takes place, takes place without separate endeavor. Bhakti, therefore, is far better than mukti, or the impersonalist position. The impersonalists undergo severe penances and austerities to attain mukti, but the bhakta, simply by engaging himself in the bhakti process, especially in chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, immediately develops control over the tongue by engaging it in chanting and in accepting the remnants of foodstuff offered to the personality of Godhead. As soon as the tongue is controlled naturally, all other senses are controlled automatically. Sense control is the perfection of the yoga principle and one's liberation begins immediately as soon as he engages himself in the service of the Lord. It is confirmed by Kapila Dev that bhakti or devotional service is gariyasi, more glorious than city, liberation. Text 34 A pure devotee who is attached to the activities of devotional service and who always engages in the service of my lotus feet never desires to become one with me. Such a devotee who is unflinchingly engaged always glorifies my pastimes and activities. Purport <clears throat> There are five kinds of liberation stated in the scriptures. One is to become one with the Supreme Personality of Godhead or to forsake one's individuality and merge into the Supreme Spirit. This is called ekatmatam. A devotee never accepts this kind of liberation. The other four liberations are to be promoted to the same planet as God, Vaikuntha, to associate personally with the Supreme Lord, to achieve the same opulence as the Lord, and to attain the same bodily features as the Supreme Lord. A pure devotee, as will be explained by Kapila Muni, does not aspire for any of the five liberations. He especially despises <clears throat> as hellish the idea of becoming one with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Sri Prabhunananda Saraswati, a great devotee of Lord Chaitanya, said, Kaivalyam Narakayate. The happiness of becoming one with the Supreme Lord which is aspired for by the Mayavadis is considered hellish. That oneness is not for pure devotees. There are many so-called devotees who think that in the conditioned state we may worship the personality of Godhead, but that ultimately there is no personality. They say that since the Absolute Truth is impersonal, one can imagine a personal form of the impersonal Absolute Truth for the time being. But as soon as one becomes liberated, the worship stops. That is the theory put forward by the Mayavad philosophy. 
actually the impersonalists do not merge into the existence of the Supreme Person, but into his bodily, his personal bodily luster, which is called Brahmajyoti. Although that Brahmajyoti is not different from his personal body, that sort of oneness merging into the bodily luster of the personality of Godhead is not accepted by the pure devotee because the devotees engage in greater pleasure than merging into his existence. The greatest pleasure is to serve the Lord. Devotees are always thinking about how to serve Him. They are always designing ways and means to serve the Supreme Lord, even in the midst of the greatest material obstacles. The Amayavadis accept the description of the pastimes of the Lord as stories, but actually they are not stories, they are historical facts. Pure devotees accept the narrations of the pastimes of the Lord not as stories, but as absolute truth. The words Mama Parushani are significant. Devotees are very much attached to glorifying the activities of the Lord, whereas the Mayavadis cannot even think of these activities. According to them, the Absolute Truth is impersonal. Without personal existence, how can there be activity? The impersonalists take the activities mentioned in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita and other Vedic literatures as fictitious stories and therefore they interpret them most mischievously. They have no idea of the Personality of Godhead. They unnecessarily poke their noses into the scripture and interpret it in a deceptive way in order, in order to mislead the innocent public. The activities of Mayavad philosophy are very dangerous to the public and therefore Lord Chaitanya warned us never to hear from any Mayavadi about any scripture. They will spoil the entire process <clears throat> and the person hearing them will never be able to come to the path of devotional service to attain the highest perfection or will be able to do so only after a very long time. It is clearly stated by Kapila Muni that bhakti activities or activities in devotional service are transcendental to mukti. This is called Panchama Purusharta. Generally, people engage in the activities of religion, economic development, and sense gratification, and ultimately they work with an idea that they are going to become one with the Supreme Lord, Mukti. But Bhakti is transcendental to all these activities. The Supreme, the Srimad Bhagavatam, therefore, begins by stating that all kinds of pretentious religiosity is completely eradicated from the Bhagavatam. Ritualistic activities for economic development and sense gratification and after frustration in sense gratification the desire to become one with the Supreme Lord are all completely rejected in the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam is especially meant for the pure devotees who always engage in Krishna consciousness in the activities of the Lord and always glorify these transcendental activities. Pure devotees worship the transcendental activities of the Lord in Vrindavan, Dwaraka and Mathura as they are narrated in the Srimad Bhagavatam and other Puranas. The Amayavadi philosophers completely reject them as stories, but actually they are great and worshipable subject matters and thus are relishable only for devotees. That is, a, that is the difference between a Mayavadi and a pure devotee. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 35. <clears throat> oh, my mother, 
My devotees always see the smiling face of my form with eyes like the morning, rising morning sun. They like to see my various transcendental forms, which are all benevolent, and they also talk favorably with me. Purport My bodies and atheists accept the forms of the deities in the temple of the Lord as idols, but devotees do not worship idols. They directly worship the personality of Godhead in his archa incarnation. Archa refers to the form which can, we can worship in our present condition. Actually, in our present state, it is not possible to see God in his spiritual form because our material eyes and senses cannot conceive of a spiritual form. We cannot even see the spiritual form of the individual soul. When a man dies, we cannot see how the spiritual form leaves the body. That is the defect of our material senses. In order to be seen, in order to be seen by our material senses, the Supreme Personality of Godhead accepts a favorable form, which is called Archa Vigraha. This Archa Vigraha, sometimes called the Archa Incarnation, is not different from Him, just as the Supreme Personality of Godhead accepts various incarnations, he takes on forms made out of matter, clay, wood, metal, and jewels. There are many Shastra conjunctions which give instructions for carving forms of the Lord. These forms are not material. If God is all-pervading, then He is also in the material elements. There is no doubt about it, but the atheists think otherwise. Although they preach that everything is God, when they go to the temple and see the form of the Lord, they deny that He is God. According to their own theory, everything is God. Then why is the deity not God? Actually, they have no conception of God. The devotee's vision, however, is different. Their vision is smeared with love of God. As soon as they see the Lord in His different forms, the devotees become saturated with love, for they do not find any difference between the Lord and His form in the temple, as do the atheists. The smiling face of the deity in the temple is beheld by the devotees as transcendental and spiritual, and the decoration of the body of a Lord is very much appreciated by the devotees. It is the duty of the spiritual master to teach how to decorate the deity in the temple, how to cleanse the temple, and how to worship the deity. There are different procedures and rules and regulations which are followed in temples of Vishnu, and devotees go there and see the deity, the vigraha, and spiritually enjoy the form because all of the deities are benevolent. The devotees express their minds before the deity, and in many instances the deity also gives answers. But one must be a very elevated devotee in order to be able to speak with the Supreme Lord. Sometimes the Lord informs the devotee through dreams. These exchanges of feelings between the deity and the devotee are not understandable by atheists, but actually the devotee enjoys them. Kapila Muni is explaining how the devotees see the decorated body and face of the deity and how they speak with him in devotional service. Text 36 Upon seeing the charming forms of the Lord, smiling and attractive, and hearing His very pleasing words, the pure devotee almost loses all other consciousness. His senses are freed from all other engagements, and he becomes absorbed in devotional service. Thus, 
in spite of his unwillingness, he attains liberation without separate endeavor. Purport There are three divisions of devotees, first class, second class, and third class. Even the third class devotees are liberated souls. It is explained in this verse that although they do not have knowledge, simply by seeing the beautiful decoration of the deity in the temple, the devotee is absorbed in thought of him and loses all other consciousness. Simply by fixing oneself in Krishna consciousness, engaging the senses in the service of the Lord, one, one becomes, one is imperceptibly liberated. This is also confirmed in Bhagavad Gita. Simply by discharging uncontaminated devotional service as prescribed in the scriptures, one becomes equal to Brahman. In Bhagavad Gita it is said, Brahma Kalpate. This means that the living entity in his original state is Brahman because he is part and parcel of the supreme Brahman. But simply because of his forgetfulness of his real nature as an eternal servitor of the Lord, he is overwhelmed and captured by Maya. His forgetfulness of, the, of his real constitutional position is Maya. Otherwise, he is eternally Brahman. When one is trained to become conscious of his position, he understands that he is the servitor of the Lord. Brahman refers to a state of self-realization. Even the third-class devotee, who is not advanced in knowledge of the Absolute Truth, but simply offers obeisances with great devotion, thinks of the Lord, sees the Lord in the temple, and brings forth flowers and fruits to offer to the deity, becomes imperceptibly liberated. Shadiyan Bita With great devotion, the devotees offer worshipful respects and paraphernalia to the deity. The deities of Radha and Krishna, Lakshmi and Narayana, and Rama and Sita are very attractive to devotees, so much so that when they see the statue decorated in the temple of the Lord, they become fully absorbed in thought of the Lord. That is the state of liberation. In other words, it is confirmed herewith that even a third-class devotee is in the transcendental position above those who were trying for liberation by speculation or by other methods. Even great impersonalists like Shukadeva Goswami and the four Kumaras were attracted by the beauty of the deities in the temple, by the decorations and by the aroma of Tulsi offered to the Lord, and they became devotees. Even though they were in the liberated state, instead of remaining impersonalists, they were attracted by the beauty of the Lord and became devotees. Here the word bilas is very important. Bilas refers to the activities or pastimes of the Lord. It is a prescribed duty in temple worship that not only should one visit the temple to see the deity nicely decorated, but at the same time he should hear the recitation of Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, or some similar literature which is regularly recited in the temple. It is this system in Vrindavan that in every temple there is recitation of the Shastras. Even third-class devotees who have no literary knowledge or no time to read Srimad Bhagavatam or Bhagavad Gita get the opportunity to hear about the pastimes of the Lord. In this way their minds may remain always absorbed in the thought of the Lord, His form, His activities, and His transcendental nature. This state of Krishna consciousness is a liberated stage. Lord Chaitanya therefore recommended five important processes in the discharge of devotional service. One, to chant the holy names of the Lord, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 
Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Two, to associate with devotees and serve them as far as possible. Three, to hear Srimad Bhagavatam. Four, to see the decorated temple and the deity. And if possible, five, to live in a place like Vrindavan or Mathura. These five items alone can help a devotee achieve the highest perfectional stage. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita and here in the Srimad Bhagavatam. That third class devotees can also imperceptibly achieve liberation is accepted in all Vedic literatures. Text 37 Thus he is completely absorbed in thought of me. The devotee does not desire, excuse me, thus because he is completely absorbed in thought of me, the devotee does not desire even the highest benediction obtainable in the upper planetary systems, including Satyaloka. He does not desire the eight material perfections obtained from mystic yoga, nor does he desire to be elevated to the kingdom of God. Yet even without desiring them, the devotee enjoys, even in this life, all the offered benedictions. Purport The vibhuti, or opulences, offered by maya are of many varieties. We have experience of different varieties of material enjoyment, even on this planet. But if one is able to promote himself to higher planets, like Chandraloka, the sun, or, or still higher, Maharloka, Janaloka, and Tapaloka, or even ultimately the highest planet, which is inhabited by Brahma and is called Satyaloka, there are immense possibilities for material enjoyment. For example, the duration of life on higher planets is far, far greater than on this planet. It is said that on the moon, the duration of life is such that our six months are equal to one day. We cannot even imagine the duration of life on the highest planet. It is stated in Bhagavad Gita that Brahma's twelve hours are inconceivable even to our mathematicians. These are all descriptions of the external energy of the Lord, or Maya. Besides these, there are other opulences which the yogis can achieve by their mystic power. They are also material. A devotee does not aspire for all these material pleasures, although they are available to him simply by wishing. By the grace of the Lord, a devotee can achieve wonderful success simply by willing. But a real devotee does not like that. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has taught us, has taught that one should not desire material opulence or material reputation, nor should one try to enjoy material beauty. One should simply aspire to be absorbed in the devotional service of a Lord, even if one does not get liberation but has to continue the process of birth and death unlimitedly. Actually, however, to one who engages in Krishna consciousness, liberation is already guaranteed. Devotees enjoy all the benefits of the higher planets and the Vaikuntha planets also. It is especially mentioned here, Bhagavatim Badram. In the Vaikuntha planets, everything is eternally peaceful, Yet a pure devotee does not even aspire to be promoted there. But still, he gets that advantage. He enjoys all the facilities of the material and spiritual worlds, even during the present lifespan. Text 38 The Lord continued, My dear mother, Devotees who receive such transcendental opulences are never bereft of them. Neither weapons nor the change of time 
can destroy such opulences. Because the devotees accept me as their friend, their relative, their son, preceptor, benefactor, and supreme deity, they cannot be deprived of their possessions at any time. Purport. It is stated in Bhagavad Gita that one may elevate himself to the higher planetary systems, even up to Brahmaloka, by dint of pious activities. But when the effects of such pious activities are finished, one again comes back to this earth to begin a new life of activities. Thus, even though one is promoted to the higher planetary system for enjoyment and a long duration of life, still that is not a permanent settlement. But as far as the devotees are concerned, their assets, the achievement of devotional service and the consequent opulence of Vaikuntha, even on this planet, are never destroyed. In this verse, Kapiladeva addresses his mother as Shanta Rupa, indicating that the op opulences of devotees are fixed because devotees are eternally fixed in the Vaikuntha atmosphere, which is called Shantarupa, because it is in the mode of pure goodness, undisturbed by the modes of passion and ignorance. Once one is fixed in the devotional service of the Lord, his position of transcendental service cannot be destroyed, and the pleasure and service simply increase unlimitedly. For the devotees act for the for the devotees engaged in Krishna consciousness in the Vaikuntha atmosphere, there is no influence of time. In the material world, the influence of time destroys everything. But in the Vaikuntha atmosphere, there is no influence of time or of the demigods, because there are no demigods in the Vaikuntha planets. Here our activities are controlled by different demigods. Even if we move our hand and leg, the action is controlled by the demigods. But in the Vaikuntha atmosphere, there is no influence of the demigods or of time. Therefore, there is no question of destruction. When the time element is present, there is the certainty of destruction. But when there is no time element, past, present, or future, then everything is eternal. Therefore, this verse uses the words na nankshanti, indicating that the transcendental opulences will never be destroyed. The reason for freedom from destruction is also described. The devotees accept the Supreme Lord as the most dear personality and reciprocate with Him in different relationships. They accept the Supreme Personality of Godhead as the dearmost friend, the dearmost relative, the dearmost son, the dearmost preceptor, the dearmost well-wisher, or the dearmost deity. The Lord is eternal. Therefore, any relationship in which we accept Him, the Lord is eternal. Therefore, any relationship in which we accept Him is also eternal. It is clearly confirmed herein that the relationships cannot be destroyed and therefore the opulences of those relationships are never destroyed. Every living entity has the propensity to love someone. We can see that if someone has no object of love, he generally directs his love to a pet animal like a cat or a dog. Thus, the eternal propensity for love in all living entities is always searching for a place to reside. From this verse we can learn that we can love the Supreme Personality of Godhead as our dearmost object, as a friend, as a son, as a preceptor, or as a well-wisher. And there will be no cheating and no end to such love. We shall eternally enjoy the relationship with the Supreme Lord in different aspects. A special feature of this verse is the acceptance of the Supreme Lord as the Supreme Preceptor. 
Bhagavad Gita was spoken directly by the Supreme Lord and Arjuna accepted Krishna as Guru or spiritual master. Similarly, we should accept only Krishna as the Supreme Spiritual Master. Krishna, of course, means Krishna and his confidential devotees. Krishna is not alone. When we speak of Krishna, Krishna means Krishna in his name, in his form, in his qualities, in his abode, and in his associates. Krishna is never alone, for the devotees of Krishna are not impersonalists. For example, a king is always associated with his secretary, his commander, his servant, and so much paraphernalia. As soon as we accept Krishna and his associates as our preceptors, no ill effects can destroy our knowledge. In the material world, the knowledge which we acquire may change because of the influence of time. But nevertheless, the conclusions received from Bhagavad Gita directly from the speeches of the Supreme Lord, Krishna, can never change. There is no use interpreting Bhagavad Gita. It is eternal. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Krishna, the Supreme Lord, should be accepted as one's best friend. He will never cheat. He will always give his friendly advice and friendly protection to the devotee. If Krishna is accepted as a son, he will never die. Here, we have a very long, we have a very loving son or child, but the father and mother, or those who are affectionate towards him, always hope, may my son never die, or may my son not die. But Krishna actually never will die. Therefore, those who accept Krishna or the Supreme Lord as their son will never be bereft of their son. In many instances, devotees have accepted the deity as a son. In Bengal, there are many such instances and even after the death of the devotee, the deity performs the Shraddha ceremony for the father. The relationship is never destroyed. People are accustomed to worship different forms of demigods. But in Bhagavad Gita, such a mentality is condemned. Therefore, one should, not, one should be intelligent enough to worship only the Supreme Personality of Godhead in His different forms, such as Lakshmi Narayana, Sita Rama, and Radha Krishna. Thus, one will never be cheated. By worshipping the demigods, one may elevate himself to the higher planets, but during the dissolution of the material world, the deity and the abode of the deity will be destroyed. But one who worships the Supreme Personality of Godhead is promoted to the Vaikuntha planets, where there is no influence of time, destruction, or annihilation. The conclusion is that the time influence cannot act upon devotees who have accepted the Supreme Personality of Godhead as everything. Jai Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Okay, it's past 8 o'clock. Believe it or not, we'll begin tomorrow's readings at text 39 and 40. And we're ready for the reflections of the assembled sages. First is from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati Manjari. Hare Krishna. Jai Guru Maharaj. Jai Rati Manjari. And from Sudevi Dasi. Yes, Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna to you. Hare Krishna Maharaj. And from Kopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Kopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all the assembled sages. 
All glories to Sri the Prabhupada and Srimad Bhagavatam. Jai Ho Maharaj for delivering the reading service of Sri the Prabhupada's books with your sublime realizations of Bhagavat Dham. Hare Krishna. Well, I'm just reading the books. I don't know my realization has anything to do with it, but I'm attached to these books. That's a fact. From Bhakti Noel. Yes, Bhakti Noel. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you for delivering this transcendental mail to us. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to His Divine Grace. Thank you. And from Kaladvipati. Yes, Kaladvipati. Thus, the eternal propensity for love in all living entities is always searching for a place to reside. Yes, that means that the love is there. It's already there. It's not something that we have to import from something else. It's already there in our hearts, eternally. And it is searching for a place to uh, reside. But it cannot be satisfied until it resides in the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Hare Krishna. And this is from Chitraleka Dasi, who was formerly present as Bhaktin Salim, but received initiation two weeks ago. Oh, well, congratulations, Bhaktin Salim. And now it is again? Chitraleka. Chitraleka. Dasi. Ha, ah, who gave you initiation? We'll wait for her response. So she says, Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you so much for your continuous efforts to elevate us through your daily readings. Today we read such beautiful passages. For instance, quote, One should simply aspire to be absorbed in the devotional service of the Lord, even if one does not get liberation, but has to continue the process of birth and death unlimitedly. Unquote. This statement brings relief and hope to the heart, as it shows that the process itself is the goal. Whenever we engage in devotional service, whenever we engage in devotional service, we have already attained our ultimate purpose. This was also beautifully explained in a later purport. Quote, Once one is fixed in the devotional service of the Lord, his position of transcendental service cannot be destroyed, and the pleasure and service simply increase unlimitedly." Unquote. As our position thus can't be destroyed and pleasure unlimitedly increases, we have already attained our eternal nature of Satchit Ananda. There is nowhere else to go and nothing else to do than devotional service here and now. Thank you so much, Maharaj. And thank you for that lovely uh, quote and lovely reflection. Thank you. She wrote His Holiness Kadamba Kananaswami. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Hare Krishna. Congratulations. And from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. What a powerful reading tonight. Srila Prabhupada's ardent plea for us to direct our love towards the Supreme Person for our ultimate happiness. I especially love the fact that this relationship will not be taken away by death. Yes. That is the ultimate uh, inspiration. We are eternal. The Lord is eternal. Devotional service is eternal. And the abode which houses eternal devotional service is eternal. And we just have to put them all together. And that all our problems are finished with one stroke. That was the essence of tonight's readings. 
Manjari says the ultimate inspiration. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And from Subarao Radhagopal. Yes, Subarao. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for your daily reading service. Many times we are tormented by mental speculations, good, bad, or ugly. It is reassuring to know that through 325.33, quote, Bhakti devotional service dissolves the subtle body of the living entity without separate endeavor, mm. just as fire in the stomach digests all that we eat. Yes. Yes, it's so simple and so sweet, but the application in the material world is difficult because we've been here for such a long time and we're so attached to the material energy. It's like a second addic a second a second nature addiction. Therefore, we always have to be very careful. Even if we're situated nicely, even if we have nice service, even if we're hearing and everything, uh, the material energy in the Kali Yuga is extremely powerful. But this is heartening, that if we become pure devotees of Krishna, then Maya becomes our maidservant. And liberation even becomes our maidservant. They help us be devotees. Hare Krishna. From Rajaloka. Yes, Rajaloka. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to <coughs> Sri the Prabhupada. Hare Bol. Thank you for reading today. The description we heard about the differences between devotees and Mayavadis was very beautiful and illustrative, and it was very inspiring to hear about how devotees are thinking, seeing, and also that even third-class devotees can achieve liberation easily and automatically just by offering obeisances to the deity in the temple and seeing him, meditating on him, and so on. Verse 33 in commentary talks about liberation. It says, Bhakti dissolves the subtle body of the living entity without separate endeavor. Am I right in understanding that mukti means dissolving the subtle body of the living entity? Can you explain how this is to be understood? Thank you. No, mukti doesn't dissolve the subtle body. Pure devotional service dissolves the subtle body. Therefore, one automatically attains liberation as soon as he engages in pure devotional service. But that pure devotional service is highly elevated. That, that quality of devotional service means that one's mind is absorbed completely in Krishna and has no other motives for anything that he does or she does. And liberation is already achieved, so there's no question of liberation dissolving the material body, the, 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 the subtle mind. The subtle mind is dissolved, meaning that material thoughts, mental thoughts that are manufactured in the mind cannot stay there. They cannot stay in the mind of one who is uh, pure in consciousness. This is described in the Bhagavad Gita in uh, text 70, I believe, of the uh, second chapter. Apuyamanam achala pratishtam samudramabha pravashanti yadvat tadvat kamam yam pravashanti sarve sashantiv apnoti nakamakami just as rivers are always flowing into the ocean, which stays still because of its fullness, so the desires that go into the mind, that flow into the mind of the devotee, and you can't stop those 
desires from flowing into the mind. But the difference is the devotee is not inclined to chase after them. And therefore he has achieved peace of mind. So that's what it means that the mind is, uh, the subtle body is dissolved. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden you have no mind and you just fall on the ground like a vegetable or a stone and just lay there. As long as you're in a material body and, and, and have a subtle body, there are things that flow in automatically just by, being, by the nature of being in the material world. But to, they're dissolved in the sense that they're no longer attractive. Material desires are no longer attractive. As a matter of fact, in the mind of a pure devotee, when the, mind, when the vision or the memory of uh, sense gratification comes into the mind, one is disgusted. That is the symptom, the first symptom of a pure devotee. And then from there, when one looks at the deity, one feels more than satisfied. One feels uh, transcendental pleasure in chanting the deity's name and decorating the deity and ma making prayers to the deity and so on and so forth, rendering service to the Lord's devotees and especially in distributing uh, Christian consciousness to the conditioned souls and trying to uh, fix them up in pure devotional service. That pleases the Lord more than anything else. And that is what Prabhupada has given us directly without any other qualifications. He sent, it out, he sent us out preaching even we were just there for a couple of weeks and we were out there preaching and distributing his books. It was a miracle. Hare Krishna. I thank you very much for your wonderful reflections as usual. And even more touching to me is your appreciation for what I'm doing. It's so uh, encouraging and so enlivening to me. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabeda Bhakti Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night, tomorrow, same time, same place, same topic. Kapila Dev, the incarnation of Krishna, is explaining to us pure devotional service. And next he will explain Sankhya Yoga. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.